let's start by saying after half an hour of being live on Twitch, I want to thank everyone for coming out to watch the stream tonight or those of us that are listening on whatever streaming platform you're on or or wherever you're listening to this. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you here at Uber Geek Media. For those of us just joining us, we've had 37, almost 38 minutes of us actually talking and getting through a good recap. And we weren't recording. I'm going to have another beer and John is going to start us off tonight. Let's do the time warp again. While I open a beer. Let's go back in time because that's really what we've done here. I am John. I play Quill, the tabaxi wizard. And you can find me at Seasonal Bard. I hear him. And I'm going to switch up expectations tonight. I'm going to have Mark go next. Hey, I'm Mark playing Ziggurat, the uh, Dragonborn Sorcerer, who is finding out he's a little stronger with his powers than he thought he might have been. And I don't have social media, so you can find me here. And then we're going to save the best for last. Hi, I'm Anne, and I play Story, the Kenku Rogue. Uh, you can find me at Crafty underscore Heathen on Twitter, which I totally check more than just Friday evenings. And the Crafty Heathen on Instagram, which again, I totally check more than on Friday evenings. And I am Steve, your GM. You can find me at Jeshek1 on Twitter, which honestly, I am more commonly at Ubergeek Media these days on Twitter. As I poke, prod, and otherwise sometimes gently penetrate the defenses of those ultra conservatives on Twitter. <laughs> why are you gentle? Man? I really, I don't know why I like getting into into fights with people on Twitter, but it's become my new hobby. So I think we ran a total of three minutes with uh, without an innuendo. I'm going to just mark that down on the chalkboard as a big zero again. Once we get our studio, we're going to have a chalkboard with that. <laughs> Keep having dreams that I win the lottery and just buy a warehouse. I'd be okay with that. I mean... Joe and I have our, our yarn dyeing stuff, and we have the podcast. Like, this is a recurring dream, of, and it, it's very happy, and it's really sad that that's where, like, millennials are now. Like, I dream of moderate success. Dream of buying a warehouse. A respectable-sized warehouse. I feel like that's a decent dream. I mean... But with, like, the Minneapolis pretty industrial exposed brick, but not in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. To yeah. redo our recap here. Hey, it was, it was just a test run. We worked out the kinks. <laughs> it's, it's true. Mark, if you could so eloquently redo our recap. You did it one breath. <gasps> This is going to be the 45-second version of the recap. So we found a dead body. We ended up at the blacksmith shop. We split ways. Found out some more evidence that it was actually the shopkeeper's assistant, Thomas Lackley, behind everything. We ended up at the black shops, and, or at the uh, butcher shop. Ziggert killed somebody. Uh, story and Quill did a couple uh, awesome things, figuring out that we needed to get to Heinrich's shop. Ended up at Heinrich's shop. Realized that the plot was much thicker than we thought. Went all the way to the top to Sir Gammon and involved 
Thomas Slackley buying all the necklaces that were possessing everybody, and uh, it seems that the mastermind behind all of this is Sir Gammon, where we are about to figure out how to take him down. I failed too. That was like 12 breaths. As we ended our episode last time, we were still at Heinrich's shop in the back room. Friar Benjamin just kind of unloaded um, emotionally. You guys found that note uh, where Goodfrey was kind of talking to himself as he was writing, am I crazy? And then, no, you're not. And then this conversation just kind of devolved into whoever was controlling Goodfrey making threats against the one person that Goodfrey loved, which was his daughter. Anyone who's been watching or listening knows that it did not end well for Millie, his daughter, or Goodfrey himself. The inference at this point, I believe we've kind of figured out enough that evidence points to Goodfrey having his hands dirty in that. You know, not that he was aware of it, but there's kind of its own awfulness in that too. Friar Benjamin got really emotional right at the end there, and he basically said he, Sir Gammon, as far as we can tell, must pay for this. Because from what we know, Sir Gammon has been, at the very least, of all of his crimes. Sir Gammon has been hiding some of the horrible shortcomings of Fort Hightower. And hiding some of the deaths that have occurred from Friar Benjamin. And up to this point, Friar Benjamin, while he does not like Sir Gammon, has kind of had this like kind of unspoken truce with him. And they've been working together to make sure that Fort Hightower is as well taken care of as it can. That's kind of where we open our show tonight. And I believe. What was the phrase at the very end there? He's got to die. I think that's what John said. I'm pretty sure John said he's got to die. Now. Yeah. Quill. Or Quill said. Got to pay. Oh, yeah. I think that means. Yeah, he did. He said he's got to die. So is what's what's the plan here? Well, I've killed one person already. So what's the second? Well, as much as I would relish storming uh, up to where Gammon is. Perhaps we should come up with a plan. Yeah, I have a feeling that the expertise for uh, Beacon Friend over here might be important for this next step. She nods her head. Would Story know anything about Sir Gammon's house? She hasn't been here that long, but... Just from that general kind of mindset of Story, she would kind of know that Sir Gammon being the only like gentry, if you will, here at Fort Hightower, he probably resides up in the keep, which is up on the bridge in Fort Hightower. So she wouldn't have any idea of anything other than it's up there. Yeah, Story hasn't been in there because it's basically the path up there is carved into the cliff face. And she's probably, she maybe knows 
one or two entrances that lead up to the bridge. But beyond that, she hasn't been super far beyond the pass. And neither Quill nor Zigrid would have really known enough about this immediate area to know if there's any other way on the other side of the mountains to get up to the bridge. But just generally casing the joint, I mean, it's, it's, I think you said it's a couple hundred feet up in the air, this bridge from mountaintop to mountaintop through the pass. And it's this just intimidating structure with this keep right on top of the middle of this bridge. But beyond that, you know that there's patrols up there. At least you can see small figures at almost all hours of day because you can see their torches at night. But beyond that, beyond knowing the entrances, that's probably about it. Okay. Dory, do you do assassinations outside of a contract? Right, it's in her notebook. This is a contract. Right. Do you suppose this is a quiet assassination? Are we busting down the front doors? Unfortunately, I think we have to be quiet. With Lackley not being here, I I think it's quite obvious. Gammon will at least know partially what we know. I wouldn't mind having tried to draw him out of the keep away from the other guard, but... I would not risk one of uh, Friar Benjamin's acolytes to test that theory. Sorry, writes down, he didn't get to where he is by being dumb like that. Friar Benjamin would kind of pipe in. As much as the garrison here has declined in the last 10, 15 years, there is still a large number of guards that reside in the barracks between here and the top of the bridge up to the keep, it would likely not be wise to storm the keep, especially with such a small force, considering it's a very narrow stairwell carved into the cliff face. Sorry, writes down. And the guard, our family, to the villager. A few, but it's not a popular occupation any longer. You suppose they come in from the capital? Uh, many of them. Spend, spend a season out here, swap out. And it's, it's no longer the honorable post it once was. Sure. This is the post that the uh, um, people that get in the way are assigned to. And that would really jive with what you know about Farrakh, too, and with how, logically, Farrakh, you know, he's an addict. And yet, you know that other guards know of this behavior and look the other way. If this were, you know, a really top-notch organization or, or like, structure, that would not be tolerated. He would be chained up, he would be locked out, but no, they, they know about this, and they just look the other way. Friar Benjamin, as you are the most knowledgeable here, is there a way we could get in without drawing the attention of at least a majority of the god? 
Um, probably the best course of action would be to ask for a private audience with Sir Gammon. However, it occurs to me what happens if we confront him privately and we leave and then justice is brought, but we have to explain why justice was brought to the most powerful man in town. Well, you suggested bringing him out. We have the power to do that still, no? Can't we tell him we think we found the culprit? We could even say the culprit was uh, good for you alone. He was the heart of it. Um, good for you and was trying to blacksmith him anyway, or uh, blackmail him anyway. So, um... It's feasible that if he thinks that's an acceptable excuse and he wants to announce publicly that Goodfrey was the one responsible for it all, uh, he could be done with it. We say we'd like to publish those conclusions publicly, yeah, but the conclusions we publish will be the real truth. At this point, Quill digs around in his pack and pulls out the, uh, the ledger. I think we have a means to get a private audience right in our hands. Story writes down, we don't want to do this publicly. Have you ever seen him with a few guards? Uh, what if the guards are also guards for justice? Uh, we have to bank on some of the guards doing the right thing. If the guards find out he's corrupt, do you suppose that they'd, uh, you know, what What Gammon is doing is against the crown. It's against uh, the empire. Story writes so something down, if we... crosses it out, and, work, and writes, that's not how it works. And and what she's crossed out at? Are you new? Oh. <laughs> I, I look at oh, yeah. <laughs> and and Friar Benjamin frowns a little bit, and he goes, "The priest in me wants to believe that at least some of the guards want what's best for the people. However, the man who's lived in this world knows." A little bit better. Mm, unfortunate. The story writes down, planned killing of guards off the table. Friar Benjamin reaches into his robes again and pulls out his little flask and takes a pull. Looks thoughtfully kind of off into the distance. He goes, anywhere outside of the shield wall would likely not be advisable. He would know something's amiss. As he's clearly been hiding what's going on out there from me. However, if we bring it into the church, he may come down on my flock hard if things go awry. It might be best to pull him to the blacksmith's house. Goodfrey has the documents. Heinrich and his assistant know too much. But if we brought him to the blacksmith, it may not raise as many flags. Story writes down. Shows the priest. Can you make that happen? Can you get him to the blacksmith? He's not going to trust us. I can send an acolyte to have him meet us there. I suspect if we had his guard wait outside so we could speak privately... So long as we didn't make too much noise, 
we might be able to end things somewhat quietly. Quill kind of like, kind of touches the bandage across his face. There is a way to likely guarantee him coming down, especially if it's the Smiths. Have your acolyte tell them that you do not trust the outsiders anymore, that you believe it's us causing these deaths. He would be glad, I think, to pin something so vile on outsiders. It would lead them to look away from him or others in town. And also, it would make it seem like you don't trust us. As for the visibility, I might have a solution to that problem in my uh, little spell book here. And Friar Benjamin takes another long pull from his flask. And and Quill, having having tried some of that booze, you kind of cringe a little bit about this pull. So you know how strong what's in there is. And he goes, aye. And let's see, it would be probably kind of late in the day probably again, midday. I think. Goes, I'll... Maybe I'll send a messenger and if we could meet there at dusk. How about at dawn tomorrow morning? We have time to prepare. Story writes, night. I can hide in night. The sooner we get this done, the better. You can hide in fog, too. I'm giving you likely even more time. This is probably not the best. And Friar Benjamin says, at dusk, the town is at its busiest. At dawn. And the noise may be covered. But at dawn, people are still rising. And it's quiet and still. It may be wiser to do this either later in the afternoon or just as the sun sets. Let's do it then. Get it set up. And Friar Benjamin squares himself, takes another pull from his flask, caps it, leans his head back, shakes a little bit. And then a look comes across his face that's very similar to the anger that he expressed after reading the notes. But it's almost a perfect facade. And he storms out of Heinrich's shop and snaps at his acolytes almost flippantly and heads off towards the chapel. So it's, he leaves, the cigarette turns to Quill and Story and says, listen, you two, I've got a plan. Um, I haven't done it much, but uh, I can conjure up a, a cloud of fog. Um, I have to focus on it. Uh, I can do other things at the same time. I just can't get hit, you know. Um, me, me dad and I used to have a little competition where I could try to concentrate on things and he hit me with a stick and can't always hold the spell with it. So anyway, story, that'd be a great opportunity for you to hide in the fog. Um, could obscure the vision from the guards. Uh, I probably have to be outside of the shop. So Quill, you'd have to be... A, alone in the shop with Sir Gammon, at least for a time, while Story hides, um, does her best work, and uh, I can obscure the vision from the guards, and then get 
in there as fast as I can, cut through the fog so they can't see me enter the shop. What do you think? I can see it working well, uh, unfortunately. But first, we need to get over to the Smith's shop without being seen. Indeed. Well, if Benjamin's willing to go with the plan as is, then uh, I don't think gods will be happy to see us traveling anywhere near the Smiths. Story writes, we need to get into the blacksmiths without anybody seeing us. The fog would be fantastic for escaping. Oh, that's true. I can hold it for an hour uninterrupted. Does it look natural or is it something that like permeates from you? Because if it like is billowing out of the blacksmith shop, that's an issue. It's, it, it starts from the point that I cast it. It goes out um, in about a 20-foot sphere. So I have to do it right in front of the shop uh, in a place that I'm hidden so it's enough to obscure the windows. Um, it's, it's fog, and it drifts. It settles as soon as I cast it. Okay. So it's not look, going to look like billowing smoke out of black smoke? No. You know, it looks oh. very convincing. Uh, make it look like the fog in the valley, you know? So we don't have to hide you outside of the shop. Perhaps not, but... We can have the Indiana Jones moment. We can see that working. The only thing is the fog will be in the shop if I'm in the shop. Um, I was thinking about I was thinking about being there to obscure the vision from the guards, but not necessarily what's going on in the shop. Because I think what's going to be best is if Quill and I are in there already. Because then we don't have three people trying to sneak in in, in fog. Can you see through the fog? Magic fog? No, it's not magic. It's elemental. Can you see through the fog because you cast it? No, we're not. So yeah, so one person mudding their way through the fog is better. I could probably still navigate my way around. I mean, in the mountains, I'm used to navigating through fog, so yeah. um, we've got the survival instincts there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So basically, Quill and I should go in there, and you should hide outside. Yeah. When Sir Gammon gets in there, give us, and then if there's fog, then, you know, you come in, and if we're not making quick work of it, you can make even yeah. quicker work of it, and then we all three leave, and leave town for a little bit. The blacksmith shop, okay, how far away is the blacksmith shop from the abbey? Well, we're not at the abbey, but we're at Hyrule shop still. I, I understand that. That was the question. It's, it's, it's not far, though. It's not far, though. How far is it? I think we said, what, five-minute walk at, at most? So the blacksmith shop is towards the base of the cliffs. The church or the abbey is kind of the northeast section of the main courtyard of Hightower. Does Story have a way in her brain to get from the blacksmith shop to the abbey without being seen, considering part the, the beginning of that journey is in fog? At dusk, I would say you could roll stealth with advantage. Okay. Then maybe hiding out in the abbey is the way to go. Perhaps. Um, consider this. You just hide in another place inside of the courtyard. In Once the fog's there, you're probably pre pretty stealthy inside the fog, or at least around the edge of the fog. Will, what's your take on this? If the unfortunate happens and we do have to kill Gammon, which I would not be against... With you there, mate. Things are going to be harder to explain. But there is the possibility that, well, we take him alive. 
and he can answer for his crimes in person. Right on, lock him unconscious. At least arrest him. He would answer to his peers? No, no. At this point, Benjamin would be the one that discharges his punishment, I believe. Listen, if Sir Gammon is part of the burnt hand, surely the church will want to get involved at the very least, and uh, my druid friends out there probably want to dispense some of their own justice if they had their way. There's no shortage of uh, judges in this situation that mm, we could trust. But yes, um, regardless how this all shakes out, there are, are avenues we can take to escape town, I think, is if we need to. However, I, I really, really wouldn't mind being able to remain in town. We, uh, yeah, and I'd rather not have to have a penalty from other your town we might visit because we... Um, did something that'll draw the attention of the greater powers that be. That said, we have the evidence we need to prove out um, to the greater powers that be. Trust them or not, at least we could do what we could do best, show them that Sir Gammon was going against their own laws and see what it takes us. Uh, if you have a much worldly experience compared to me story, so I'll have to believe that we can't trust it, but I also have to assume that yeah, there's an odd, there's a chance that Sir Gammon is going to pay justice. My family has made a career out of elites not being trustworthy. Several generations. We have a thriving business. I, I can see that. But it's what you want to do. I. It's what you want to do. I trust Benjamin. I can't trust you guys in the fog. Well, yes, true. You can't make click noises or anything. Without drawing attention? Uh, fair. And unfortunately, as I'm sure you know as well as Ygritte, magic does not come with a non-lethal option. Um, right. And we can't drag his body through the city. <laughs> Stealthily. Fair. And if you were unconscious. The plan's the plan, and uh, whatever happens at the end, we'll deal with when we come to it. I've always been an improviser anyway. What we can do in the fog is draw his body out enough and then hand over our en- evidence to religious guy. That's true. He, he already knows. I, I plan to hand it over. If nothing else, and I do have to be in the smith shop while you are hidden... I can hand the journal over then to Benjamin. But for now, I, I think we best get into a position where we are prepared. <laughs> Let the most experienced among us lead the way. The story starts stealthing to the blacksmith shop. So around the blacksmith shop, is there anything like... Yeah, carts or another store across the street, something like that, where I could hide. My goal is to try to get like when I so when I cast um, fog cloud, um, I want to try to get as close to twenty feet away from the windows as possible, so I'm fogging up to the store, but not inside of the store. So remember too, there's the store proper, and then there's the forge. Aha! Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So the forge itself. 
is kind of more open area. It's semi-walled off, but it's open roof. But two, with the blacksmith and the apprentice either out of the picture, no one's going to be there except for maybe a guard or two out front. We should lure him out into the forge. If you remember, the forge area outside is outside. Story, what do you think of being able to jump off from above, down? I can do it. We just have to get there. Well, that's where they'll meet, right? Yeah. Uh, instead of meeting in the shop, we'll say the evidence is in the forge. Yeah. Quill's inside, hiding in their in the house. Oh, Quill's the one he's meeting. Quill's the one they're meeting. Okay, so Quill's in the forge. I'm on top. You're off to the side. Yeah. They bring Sir Gammond, and you make it foggy. We try to knock Sir Gammond out. And if he doesn't get knocked out, and he gets extra knocked out, we cut bait and run to the abbey. Does get knocked out, we try to drag him to the abbey through fog. Plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Quill doesn't have to be stealthy there. You and I do. I, I think it still would be best if, if the message that is carried... Uh, reaches Gammon as I intended. I would prefer not being seen going to there. Follow me. Do what I do. Sneaks. I think we have a plan, DM. Perfectly. You're the blacksmith. Well, hey, if he's not paying attention, we can be in our positions without rolling. It's true. You had had Friar Benjamin send word to him to meet him at the blacksmith. Yep. Privately, Sir Gammon comes and he does have a small retinue. He has two guards with him. However, as he approaches the yard, if you will, you know, uh, to the blacksmith, he kind of motions for the guards to wait outside. He walks into the front door. Will, are you just kind of. Is, uh, is Benjamin chilling? there? Benjamin is kind of waiting outside and he kind of walks in with. Sir Gammon? Makes sense. And yeah, I would, so if they go in, into the store, I would probably be waiting in like the back room and kind of looking and then seeing both of them, I would step out. Just torchlight flares you sitting in an office chair. <laughs> Aha, good, you're here. With his lizard. I will have my lizard kind of perched in between my ears, up on top of my head. And then I would be on top, hood up. Like, it's not sunlit and there's a Kanku-shaped shadow. Oh, it's it's kind of dusk. Are there torches in that, that are lit inside of that area? I, I would assume so. That would be entirely up to Quill, because he's right. inside. Yeah, I would probably have, would have lit, like, well, maybe like one. So I would be as, like, hidden as I can, but still, like... So, just to be clear, Story, you're set up, like, in the forge area, uh, like, above? You said there's no roof. Yes, but... I'm seeing myself as, like, on a roof, hanging on, looking over, because I got the beat. 
Okay. So you're like on the shop portion of the blacksmith. Where I can look down on the shop. Where you're looking on, on top, over the forge. Yes. Okay. Okay. But they're going into the shop, yes? That was my understanding. Are you meeting in the shop, Quill, or are you in the forge area? We, no, we were going to meet where? them in the. Okay. We we're going to meet them in the forge area. It depends on where they're going. Like, are they going into the shop? I'm hiding in the back room. Like, regardless. Well, it depends on where you are because they're meeting you. But remember, Sir Gammon doesn't know that. You guys are trying to get him in there where Quill can confront him. Yeah, and religion guy left before we talked about. So, Quill, yes. you're going to meet them and walk to the forge because you've got some evidence to show. Can you view the forge from the exterior? It's blocked off because you think a forge is going to make a lot of noise. So it probably has some rudimentary walls around it. So it's like the ha- their, their living court. Excuse me, I have my yarn, my ball sack around my arm. Um, so there's the living quarters, the shop, the forge. So shop, living quarters, forge. So there'd be an exit from the shop to the forge. So entryway, entryway, the living quarters, entryway out to the forge area. Okay. So is this a level? This would be the floor. Or is this the floor? So it's an L. So it's living quarters, shop, forge. Living quarters, shop, forge. So yes, an L shape the wall would be blocking off like the courtyard because you don't want that noise to travel. Does that make sense? Then you're trying to get it to echo back away from the courtyard. So as we, we don't disturb our neighbors. Uh, So yeah, then I would be like, since it's not easily visible. So with that in mind, then I probably would be standing out like out by the forge I'm going to do a nifty trick that I learned and I'm going to, so I'm going to squirrel the actual ledger back into my pack and I'm going to use minor conjuration to use my action to conjure up an inanimate object, no larger than three feet on a side and no more than 10 pounds in my hand in an unoccupied space. So I'm going to probably just put it in my hand and it'll disappear after one hour. So Seeing them kind of approaching, I would make a fake ledger that probably doesn't have like anything inside of okay. it, but it looks on the exterior exactly like the real ledger. Okay. As Sir Gammon and Friar Benjamin approach, you're kind of astounded by how well Friar Benjamin is handling this. He's kind of talking about. I tried to trust those outsiders, blah, 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 blah. You're kind of catching bits and pieces of it. And then you see them enter the shop area. So seeing that, I would kind of, I would signal, I'd probably like motion up above and hope that Story can see. And then wherever Zagrid is positioned, I hope he can see. And then I will step for a moment into the shop. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about my position real quick. Um, I'm assuming that there's other marketplaces and there's like boxes or something I could hide behind. So one thing I just read with the spell, I assumed it was casting from where I am, but I can actually pick a spot up to 120 feet away and pinpoint cast it. Yeah, for sure within 120 feet there would be either another building or you could even 
you know, you can hide behind a wall. In my in my head, and I, you tell me if this is wrong. There's a well in the middle of the market area because it would make sense for the blacksmith to be by a water source. Yeah, relatively close. I would think there would be something. Yeah, so I'm hiding behind whatever. If it's like a a well or a, a small branch of an aqueduct or something, whatever the case is, I'm gonna hide behind that. Um, it's just so, like you said, so I could see into the shop uh, and see where the guards end up, uh, and then I'm gonna cast the fog cloud smack in the middle. Well, when I do, smack in the middle of the guards. If we knew that ahead of time, story would have suggested you be up on the roof with her. Yeah, that would have made sense. Probably uh, too late to retcon now. I didn't notice that part of the spell until just now. Can a large dragonborn <laughs> fit on this shop rope? That would be a better question. <laughs> I was going to say it's a thatch roof. That's a lot of, it's a lot to put on that poor roof. I mean, like, Story's a bird. She's got kind of hollow bones. I would know that he needs to flatten himself and lay down. and. That's the- true. You would know how to distribute your weight. Even like, <laughs> that's probably not going to be yeah, right. Ziggert's three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> I will step into the shop and oh, thank God, thank God you're here. And with this this ledger in my hand, G- Gammon, Gammon, uh, Benjamin, I heard you coming. The the others, they they're doing terrible things. Foggy, yes, it's fog now. There's fog. I'm going to wait. I'm going to give like a couple beats in the conversation. I can't hear it, but I'm just going to give like 30 seconds to a minute um, in the conversation. Cool. As soon as there's fog and there's cover, I'd crawl down or whatever to make sure I'm behind Sir Gammon. I'm going to assume that's an acrobatics, which I have a plus nine. So sure. Do you, do you want me well, to roll? Wait, are we doing that right now? I haven't, I haven't done any of this stuff yet. I was waiting for the conversation to happen. Yeah, so I guess is Story jumping the gun, or? She's waiting for the fog, and when the fog happens, that's when she when she has the cover. Like, she's holding her action. Zigger's waiting, too. And waiting. So I think I'm waiting on a couple beats in the conversation to do it. Yes. I say, I say those things. Gammon freezes for a moment, turns to Benjamin and goes, What? What is this? Benjamin goes, I, I thought he was just as culpable as the others. You see Benjamin handle his mace, and it just kind of appears in his hand, in his robes. And as soon as Ziggert sees that, uh, the, like the fingering of the mace, then uh, Ziggert will pop a puff of smoke on top of where the... Or not smoke! fog where the guards are so in a uh, sphere around them for 20 feet uh, any direction there is fog and there is no check on that it just happens benjamin motions subtly to his mace and looks at gammon and gammon just nods and then walks into the forge area gammon is slightly in front of him and you see benjamin just behind him and then this fog kind of rolls in into the forge. Okay, so they're leaving the shop now? Yeah, the shop into the forge. Oh, I jump on Gammon then. 
I deeply, deeply wish to it like implicate Gammon, like have him give up some information, and it's just murder time. But we don't know why he's doing this. But if he goes and gets guards, we're fucked. We might have a time to talk to him still. But you, you stab, you stab now. So first of all, let's have Story roll a stealth and see if Gammon notices that. I have to jump first. I don't have a jump cantrip, so. 13. Gammon glances for a second, but his his attention is kind of focused. And he's clearly a little wary, but he kind of keeps glancing reassuringly at Benjamin. His attention focuses back to Quill, and he doesn't appear to notice that Story has jumped down. And Story, you kind of have this you're kind of this black bird. It's getting dark. You have that to your advantage, so to speak. Not mechanically. He does not appear to notice you immediately. There's fog and shadow. And, yeah. He focuses on Quill and goes, What have the others been up to? They, they, uh, they found this, this ledger. They didn't tell me about it but I managed to get it from them. And at least from what I overheard, it it's information that they were going to use to blackmail you. Blackmail me? Because I am a sovereign appointed leader of this settlement. What, what could they possibly implicate me? Dory rolls her eyes. Has he looked at the lead? Like, has he looked at the object in my hand at all? He kind of looks at it. Doesn't appear to really. It doesn't really register. Oh no! <laughs> Behind him, Benjamin just increasingly as he speaks, you see Benjamin more and more angry, and do a perception roll, story and Quill. I suppose I have my lizard out, so I don't, don't want to. Would I still roll at disadvantage? It is up to you. No, go ahead and roll regular perception. It's still a six. I hate the animations that go slower when rolling off a 20 to a two. I have a six. I'm still trying to hide. I'm behind Benjamin. I also have a six, so neither of us really notice much. You see Benjamin seemingly out of nowhere raise his mace. And that's where we're going to stop this episode. <laughs> kidding me? Come on. Give us it's combat violence. That's it. Oof. That was a doozy of an episode. If you enjoyed tonight's episode please stay tuned for episode 10 of in absentia where we resolve this interesting encounter i'm steve your gm if you want to keep listening to more in absentia please hit the subscribe button and be sure to leave a five star review and most importantly Please share with your friends and rave about this new show that you've been listening to. If you really want to help support us, you can go to www.ubergeekmedia.com and hit that donate button. Or you can subscribe to our newsletter to find out more awesome ways to 
take in our content. And just a reminder that we do record these episodes live on Twitch. Our channel can be found at twitch.tv slash ubergeekmedia. Have a good night.